Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Premier Chelsea, your source for all things Premier League, but starting with Chelsea first. Coming into you on your speakers and headsets, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm Jackie from Houston, and I have Rahul here from Connecticut. But today, we welcome Darius from Rhode Island, a huge Real Madrid fan, and Darius is one of the co-founders of Project Goal. Darius, welcome to the Premier Chelsea. How are you today, sir? Very good. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Project Goal and yourself? Um, yeah, so uh, I was involved with uh, pro soccer here in Rhode Island with the USL, uh, with the Rhode Island Stingrays back in the mid-90s to the late 90s, and then also the revolution when MLS started around the same time. Um, and then early 2000s, um, just from doing a lot of work in the Rhode Island community, uh, in the inner cities, we started a education and soccer program for inner city kids. Um, we started with 20 kids and 17 years later, uh, we have between 60 and 80 kids usually in non-COVID times, but um, we've been recognized by FIFA and US soccer for using the sport as kind of like a positive social impact piece. We've had uh, kids from our program go on to uh, private schooling, um, college, careers. And then we even have a couple of professionals. One of ours is uh, playing for the New England Revolution as a 17-year-old uh, with their Revs 2 team. So uh, we've tried to help a lot of kids who have a passion for the sport. And um, yeah, that's, uh, that's my soccer history. That's amazing. And what a wonderful mission you guys are pushing that Project Goal. So for anybody listening, if you do not follow Project Goal now, go look them up, go support them. It's something amazing to help kids go on the right path, especially with soccer or football. It's something Rahul and I both did growing up and it kept us entertained and kept us fit for lack of a better word. But thank you for sharing that, Darius. But Rahul, welcome as well. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very excited to have Darius on the podcast. As am I. I think it's going to be a fun one today. And we are going to jump and start in with the Champions League preview because it is a massive game. Yeah. And the fact that we have Real Madrid. That's right. Go Madrid. Go Magpies. <laughs> so if you if I didn't already say this, I'm saying it again. Darius is a massive Real Madrid fan. And it's the big, big game for the semifinals. Chelsea has not been to the semifinals since 2014. Madrid, of course, win it every year because it's a simple competition for them. <laughs> but, we, but we're going to discuss it. Raul, why don't you take us through some analysis you have for us to start off with? Yeah, so let's start off. First leg at the Alfredo Di Stefano Stadium. Uh, I believe that is Madrid's training complex, Darius? That's right, yeah. Yeah, so they have uh, renovations going on at the Bernabeu, which it would have been quite a spectacle to play this game at the Bernabeu with a uh, full house. Uh, but unfortunately, due to COVID, that won't be possible. So uh, first game since 1998, uh, a Super Cup game. And uh, these two teams haven't really faced each other that much uh, in the Champions League. In fact, this is the first Champions League meeting in in uh, in the history of the tournament. So that in itself makes it a very, very big occasion. Yeah, it does indeed, because it's something where, like I just touched on, Chelsea hasn't been to the semifinals in a long time. But with all due respect to Madrid, they're one of the super houses in world football. So for us to come against them, not playing Chelsea down, but I think it's going to be a, a massive fixture, like I've already said. Darius, do you have any thoughts on this fixture? Of course, it's two legs. Well, I wanted to share some uh, knowledge, too, because 
they did recently play each other, and I say recent within the uh, 2000s, um, in the, uh, I think the International Champions Cup in Miami, which we won. So if, if that's a preview, because that was, that was just a friendly. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It meant everything. It's the International Champions Cup. Don't, you, you, that's almost bigger than the Champions League. <laughs> so here we start with the back and forth banter. I love it. I think it's going to be a good episode today. But Rahul, you want to take us through some of the notable key stars that are returning to Stamford Bridge? I do. And before we brought Darius on, I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago and he brought up this name. And so Eden Hazard, Chelsea legend, moved to Madrid in 2019. Uh, and, you know, we were pretty devastated that he was leaving us, but he followed his dream, wanted to play for Zidane and, and left and joined Madrid. Uh, and in the 18 months or two years that he's been there, it's been quite a horrible time he's had there. Uh, and so Darius has some thoughts about this, and I'll pass it over to him. Yeah, um, first of all, if you want to take him back, we're more than happy to lend him back to you. I don't think he played more than a quarter of a season right. uh, without getting injured. Um, obviously, he's a fantastic player, and we'd love to have him you know, play more. Um, I, I don't know if it's you know, overuse, too much playing, or you know, is it his body type or I don't know, maybe the Spanish league is a little bit more physical than the premier league. I don't, I don't know. I can't explain it. Um, but he certainly, you know, hasn't turned out to be the player. I think uh, that Madrid had hoped he would be. And, um, you know, Madrid is, you know, still winning, obviously they've got tons of stars, but um, you know, with all the competitions that they play, would it be nice to have him for, you know, even a half a season without getting injured. So um, yeah, to say he's been a disappointment for Madrid fans, I, you know, it, he's, he's certainly not what was promised. Yeah. And knowing what we know today, I can hundred percent agree with you. I don't think it is what you were promised and what we saw and what we fell in love with when Aiden Hazard touched the football field. But imagine you didn't know what you know today. I want to get your perspective of when that transfer went through before any injuries, before he stepped foot onto the Bernabeu stadium what was your feeling of actually acquiring a player like Aiden Hazard? Was there that excitement? You know, and again, you guys may be more up on it than I. My memory of it was that he was not Madrid's first choice for a superstar. Um, I, I want to say he might have even been like third, fourth choice because certain players were not available on the transfer market or they, you know, just weren't willing even for the amount of money that Madrid was offering to come to Madrid. And so when we got him, and I might've even talked to Rahul about this at the time, you know, it was like, okay, you know, I know that, you know, Rahul's a Chelsea fan. So I could say, you know, all right, we got him now. And he's going to, you know, do all this for, for Madrid. But it was also kind of like, I don't, you know, I don't know if he's going to fit in Madrid. You know, I, especially because he was essentially replacing Cristiano, right, on the left-hand side. So right. how is that going to work? You know, was he going to be – because obviously he's a much different player than Cristiano was. So, yeah, I, 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 that, that's kind of like my memory of it. Obviously, you know, he's a, he's a big name. He's a superstar. You know, obviously see him playing for the Premier League and for Belgium, you know, in the different World Cups, and he's fantastic. So – you know, to see him not really perform like he did other places, it's, you know, it, it's been tough. Sure, I know we missed 
Aiden Hazard when he stepped off the pitch for us. It's the return of the prodigal son. He's coming home. He actually did play in, in the recent game for Madrid. What are your thoughts on him coming back to the bridge? I'm excited, Jackie. I, I think, uh, sorry, guys, just one second. Um, I think, you know, it almost adds to the occasion having him missing out of this game while it would have been good because we know what he can do off the bench, at least in, in Madrid. Uh, it would have been just a little bit less special than it is. Yeah, Darius, you wanted to add something to that? Yeah, I'm just I'm hoping that he'll be super motivated to play back home. Uh, you know, if if he gets some playing time. Um, but I, I also he's coming off a injury again, so I don't want him to get injured again. Right. Um, playing in this game. So, you know, because we we could certainly use him. For sure. And another name that we need to talk about here, guys, is Thibaut Courtois. And that was another protracted transfer saga that went on for the entire summer. It left a bit of a sour taste in some of the Chelsea fans' mouths. Rahul, do you want to go first on that one? Yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of Chelsea fans call him the snake, uh, mainly because of the way he asked to leave the club. Uh, completely different from how Hazard handled it, and you've got to give Hazard credit for the way he uh, handled his transfer and handled the last game. I mean, I've seen a lot of videos online where he said he wanted to go with the, with the trophy, and he did, but Courtois, on the other hand, cited his family lives in Madrid and he wants to go. And eventually Chelsea ended up selling him to Madrid for about 35 million, uh, which in Courtois case is peanuts because he's turned out to be a very good signing for Madrid. Uh, but he's coming back in his most recent interview. He was asked how he feels about playing against Chelsea. And he goes, oh, I wish there were fans at the bridge. And I'm thinking, no, you don't, because these fans would have just yelled at you the whole game. And Darius, Madrid have a record of having some pretty amazing goalkeepers in their ranks over the last few years, notably Iker Casillas. And then, of course, Kayla Navas, who I'm, I was struggling to see where those two would fit in. Of course, he moved on in the end. But what are your thoughts on Thibaut Courtois? Yeah, I think he's certainly been uh, much better in the second half of his time at Real Madrid. Uh, in the beginning, you know, I was a, a big fan of Kayla Navas when he moved on, um, especially because he had won a number of Champions League trophies with Madrid. I thought he was fantastic. And Courtois kind of started off kind of shaky with Real. So I was not sold on him at first. Um, but, you know, he's he, he's been really money for Madrid, um, especially within the last year. I, I just remember him making some unbelievable saves, you know, point blank in front of goal. You know, he has such a big frame you know, which is why I could never understand why he started off so poorly in the beginning. But yeah, he's, I think he's been great. And you'd have to say even that he might've been a better signing than Hazard in terms of performance so far. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. And we definitely missed him. We did replace him with a very famous Kepa Arisa Balaga, and that's not always gone to plan, but obviously it's going to be a good return for a couple of these players. And on the flip side, we're going to see Mateo Kovacic going back to Madrid to see his fellow friends and of course, a lot of people don't know this, but Marcos Alonso as well had played for Real Madrid. So on the flip side, those two are coming home to Madrid. But Raul, I think you want to talk a little bit about, about Perez. Yeah, so I mean, this this game and this preview wouldn't be complete without talking about Florentino Perez, especially after the week that we've had. Uh, so Darius, you obviously know Perez a little bit better in terms of his day-to-day -day handling of the club. Uh, but from everything we've seen, 
from this week uh, and, you know, the quotes that have come out, he's had some choiceful things to say about Chelsea, uh, mainly because Chelsea fans were protesting outside uh, the bridge on Tuesday. And that's kind of what started the cancellation or the pullout of Chelsea and the other clubs from the Super League. Uh, so he said, there, Perez, in quote, says, there are 40 people outside Stamford Bridge, and if you want, I will tell you who took them there. Uh, clearly, if you've seen the, the videos and the photos, there were not 40 people. There were at least 400 people. Uh, so Darius, your thoughts on, obviously, for Florentino Perez, but also the Super League? Yeah, so um, I think Perez, and obviously, you know, he's the president of the club. I, I don't associate him with anything that has to do with football with the club. Um, but yeah, he, he's like one of those owners or presidents that you read about, like is totally out of touch with, you know, the fans and, and what's going on in the street, you know, in terms of, you know, how people feel about the soccer that's played at the club. I, I, I don't know, you know, I kind of understand from a bigger club point in the revenue part where he's coming from, you know, he, he was the one that brought the Galacticos right to Madrid. And that was, you know, kind of a failed experiment. Um, but, you know, everybody was excited about it when he did it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he seems so out of touch. You know, the Super League thing has come up a bunch of times over the years. I don't know of anybody who said, yeah, I'd be willing to watch that. You know, nobody likes the idea. Um, obviously, the fans, I don't, all the fans think it's a, a poor idea. So, um, and then I was reading that, you know, it was kind of like, you know, they put a couple of the clubs, and I think Chelsea was one of them, under the gun you know, saying, you know, hey, we're, we're all going in on this. And in 24 hours, you need to make a decision to be in it or not. Um, and Chelsea decided to go in it. Um, so for me, that tells me a lot about the people who run the club and that they can just make a snap, snap judgment like that without taking any consideration into what, what do the fans feel? What do the players feel? What do the coaches right. feel? Yeah, that's, that's a very interesting perspective because as somebody who is a Real Madrid fan and kind of understands what the day-to-day running of the club is, it's, it's very interesting because we've heard a lot about Perez and negativity towards him, but somebody who is a fan and sees that he himself is out of touch with what the Madrid fans want. It's a good perspective to hear your thoughts. Rahul, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's definitely very helpful to hear, uh, you know, someone that follows Madrid on a regular basis and has been for so long uh, to hear that, you know, Perez knows really not much about what goes on on the pitch. And he's all about the money. And that compared to our club, Jackie, I think it's a little bit different because we're a little more connected to the fans, to the supporters. And in fact, there was a a letter that came out from uh, the officials and the executives at Chelsea to the fans and supporters apologizing and saying they made a mistake and they should have at least consulted with the supporters group, which shows you that, uh, like Darius was saying, we were kind of put under the gun and we decided to go for it. Uh, but ultimately, we realized that was the wrong decision, and that kind of that's kind of what started the uh, evacuation or the exclusion from the Super League. And there was a lot of rumors beyond that that was, as us fans, was making us a little bit worried that Madrid and Chelsea would not progress. Luckily, as of today, I've not heard any changes. That game is going to progress, which is again we're talking about this with a lot of excitement. So maybe Raúl, you can share some team news for us, and then we can pick Darius's brain on his starting lineup there. Yeah, so before I get into team news, just a quick road to the semis for both teams. So Madrid beat Atlanta and Liverpool uh, in the last two uh, rounds of this of this competition. And then Chelsea beat Atletico Madrid and Porto. 
So both teams kind of had uh, tough fixtures along the way, but have made it to this point and um, very exciting to have this game go down. Uh, the weekend results for Real Madrid, a nil-nil draw against Betis. Uh, and they sit second in the title race behind Atletico Madrid. And in fact, Madrid themselves, Real Madrid, are on a 17-game unbeaten run. Uh, and in which they've only conceded once in all competitions. So um, quite a record there and something that us Chelsea fans will have to you know, be mindful of because we ourselves don't score too many goals. Uh, but Chelsea, on the other hand, a one-nil win against West Ham, and that put us in in good in a good position for the top four at least. So coming to the team news and Darius, you can definitely comment on this about more of the the players that may or may not make it. But Hazard is fit and ready to go. Tony Cruz, I believe, has a muscle injury, and I think he missed the game over on the weekend. Sergio Ramos, Lucas Vasquez, and Furlan Mendy, who's actually our goalie, Eduardo Mendy's cousin. Uh, misses, missed this game. And then I believe Danny Car- Carvajal and Varane are fit to go. Yeah, it was. Um, so, yeah, Madrid has actually been a bit interesting lately. Like you were saying, defensively very good. Kind of missing two of their kind of bedrock defenders um, for the last, uh, I don't know, like month. Um, but they've been playing really well. Even uh, Danny Carvalho has not been playing. He just recently came back. So um, they've been playing really well in the back. Um, you know, I, I absolutely love our midfield with Tony Cruz and Modric um, and Casemiro, you know, kind of playing the holding defensive midfield. Um, Lucas Vasquez, I think, was a, a tough one when he got injured because he had been playing very well. But um, I talked to Rahul about Vinicius. He's kind of like a, 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 you don't know what to think of him because he does some really great stuff on the pitch. And then he does some things that just absolutely drive you nuts. Like he'll beat the defense and could easily slip the ball over to someone like Benzema in front of goal, but he chooses to go it himself and ends up dribbling the ball out of bounds. So he's one of the more frustrating, but he's talented, right? So They've got some younger guys too, and Rodrigo and Militao as well. And he's been playing really well. So yeah, I'm interested to see. And, and Benzema has been kind of on fire, even though they, they haven't scored any goals in the last two games, two nil-nil draws. Um, but yeah, they're not giving up goals either. And uh, I, like I said, Courtois has just been playing out of his head. So um, my hope is that, you know, obviously we can score a couple of goals this time um, and still keep a clean sheet. Yeah, and these two managers have met pretty recently as well. Tuchel obviously with PSG and Zidane continuing with Real Madrid, which is going to be maybe a return, a little bit of uh, unfinished business there between the two of them. I believe they met in the group stages last season and it didn't go Madrid's way, but things could change. But again, Tuchel may have the upper hand. We don't know. It remains to be seen. It's going to be a fun match. But I would like to do a little quiz with the two of you guys and see how that plays out, if that sounds good. So I'm going to start with Darius first. And I think Rahul may have said this, but maybe he didn't yet. But these two clubs don't have a lot of history of playing against each other. But the last time these two clubs met competitively, sorry about that, was in which year? And I've got a couple of selections for you here. Is it A, 1995, B, 1998, C, 2003, or D, 2007? B, 1998. <laughs> that is correct. They met in the 1998 UEFA Super Cup final. So, Rahul, I see you I'll smiling I'll take there. the assist on that one. 
I'll try and keep it fair. And maybe you also answered this one as well. So I apologize because you've done a lot of research. But the first official meeting between these two clubs was in which year? Is it A, 1958, B, 1966, C, 1971, or D, 1998? Um, I'll go with 1971. <laughs> so Darius answered that one for you, Rahul. So I'll oh, that's right. Oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> it's all right. That that was the right answer as well. That's the that, first time that, I met. That's just what we do as coworkers. We just help each other out. <laughs> yeah, thanks, that Darius. Game a, that game was a UEFA Super Cup as well, and it ended up with a replay and Chelsea winning that one. So good one. Um, this one is a fun one, Darius. And maybe you heard the comments. Maybe you didn't, but. Both Chelsea and Real Madrid have famous French strikers in Karim Benzema and Olivier Giroud. What did Karim Benzema infamously refer to Olivier Giroud as in comparison to him being a Formula One car? Is it A, a golf cart, B, a go-kart, C, a bicycle, or D, a baguette? Oh, is it A? No, it's actually B, a go-kart. So infamously, Karim Benzema was asked what he felt about Giroud leading the line for France. And he said, you don't compare a go-kart with a Formula One car. So interesting, little bit of trivia there. Oh. Um, Rahul, this one might be a little difficult for you. Which one of the following players has played for both clubs? And there have been quite a few. We've talked about a few here, but A, Christian Panucci, B, Mamadou Diara, C, Fabio Cantrao, or D, Ricardo Quaresma. Ricardo Charisma. That is incorrect. What? <laughs> the player that's played for both clubs is actually Christian Panucci. Charisma oh, played for Barcelona. So we're tied here, 1 1, and I'll give you guys each another question. And this question is not multiple choice. I'm just looking for an answer. Um, Darius, which current Chelsea player has won the UEFA Champions League before? Oh, God, I'm going to have to think about this. Champions League winner with Chelsea. I'll give you a little hint. He has played for Madrid before. Oh, it's got to be uh, Kovacic. That is correct. Uh, <laughs> Raul's yeah. a little upset that I gave you a hint there. So that's that's right. I was going to go with the go kart, but I was like, no. <laughs> hey, hey, put some respect on Giroud's right. name. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but let me ask you: If you're running the French team, who do you want as your striker? Giroud, because they won the World Cup. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) The banter continues. I love it. Rahul, this is the last question for you, and it's either for you to tie or, you know, lose the game, unfortunately. But there have been two Cameroonians to play for both clubs, one of them being Jeremy Natap. You've actually used him as a blast from the past before. Please name the other player. I believe it's Samuel Leto before he moved. He moved to Barcelona from Real Madrid. That is correct. So it is a tie again. And Rahul, you've already covered this question, but we'll see if Darius was paying attention on this one. There is a familial tie between Chelsea and Madrid by way of players. Can you name the two players that are related and how? Oh, God. I I, I know they're both the Mendes. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you ask me, uh, you know, uh, the first names, I, I can't even go where your your goalie is, but I think it's um, Freddie or Fernan, right, Mendy? Furlan Mendy, yep. Furlan Mendy, yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I was paying attention. 
All right. So we'll chalk this one down as a draw, guys. But thank you for participating. <laughs> that was good. That was fun. Rahul, you don't seem too happy about this. <laughs> no, I, I wanted to win, but it's okay. <laughs> Hopefully this uh, the two games don't go as draws. Right. That's true. <laughs> yeah, so but on, on, on that note, Darius, any prediction? First leg, second leg, and who makes it through? You know, I like I was saying at the beginning, I think before we went on the air, you know, we're at home, but, you know, the age thing worries me all the time with Madrid, especially as competitions go further on. Um, but Zidane has been, you know, a master in terms of using people correctly and limiting their time, especially during La Liga games. So, you know, I'll, I'll you know, predict at home Madrid, the first game. Um I could see Chelsea, Chelsea sneaking a goal in, an away goal. Um, but I'm predicting 2-3-1 for Madrid. First leg. Okay. That's going to be a big, big shout right there. Rahul, do you want to go first? Yeah, I, I hear what he's saying about the age, and I'm fearful of their midfield. Uh, you look at Casemiro, like he brought up, Luka Modric and Tony Cruz destroyed Liverpool, uh, at least in that first leg. And that's what I'm fearful of because they may overrun us in midfield. But given that we played three defenders, we may be okay. Uh, so I think we go with a 1-1 in the first leg. All right. I'm going to be a little more conservative here. I think we're going to go for a nail-nail and try and go for it in the second leg. So it's going to be very interesting. But that really covers our Champions League preview. It's a big game coming up this week. So please tune in. Darius, thank you very much for coming on here. We really appreciate you covering this game with us, and I hope you're excited to watch the game as well. Yeah, no, thanks. Thanks for having me on, and I'll uh, be uh, turning on my computer at work and watching the game <laughs> secretly, stealthily, yep. but I'll be texting Rahul during the game. There you go. <laughs> I, I was going to say, if you guys win, don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm definitely calling you. <laughs> Uh, but thank you very much, Darius. That was a lot of fun and uh, actually 30 minutes have flown by. So uh, hopefully we'll have you back on after the two games and it will be us celebrating and, and you wishing that wishing us well for the final. Or I can report after you guys are out what the rest of the competition is going to be like for the final. So if, if we go out, we don't need to be doing it. <laughs> so I won't be invited on then again, right? <laughs> no, Rahul's just pulling your leg. No, it's been fun having you. It's been great banter. And again, we hope to have you on soon. Thank you, guys. Thanks. All right. So now that we've done the Champions League preview, let's just talk about the West Ham game for a little bit because that was a crucial game, like we said in our last episode. Uh, and one that we ended up winning 1-0. So, Jackie, you want to run us through who started? Yeah, absolutely. So, starting lineup was Mendy and goal, and we probably need to talk about that for a quick second because we did cover Kepa, whether he was coming back or not coming back in there. So, Christensen, Silva, and Rudiger making up the back three, which is another interesting one, Rahul. I'll get your perspective on that in just a minute here. Aspiliqueta moving to right wing back this time with Conte Jorginho in the middle and Ben Chilwell seemingly to keep his spot. So maybe he's won Tuchel over slowly and surely. Mount Pulisic and Timo Werner in the front three. So let's start with Mendy really quickly. We had a little discussion previously that Kepa played back-to-back games and I think you said it was just rewarding 
Kepa for a good performance. And it seems like that's really all it was. And our first choice goalkeeper, Mendy, is back in action. Yeah, I think that that's all it was, Jackie. And uh, Tuchel himself said it that Mendy is his first choice on in his pre-match press conference for the West Ham game. I think Kepa is just getting a few games, getting a run out while he's in a good streak. Right. Uh, like we, you and Alex both said in the last episode, five consecutive clean sheets. So I think just keeping him engaged and active is the goal here. And don't be surprised if off the back of this and a few more games he gets, they may sell him in the summer. Right. That'd be an interesting one to talk about. But I saw a little funny clip on Instagram of Chilwell posting a picture of Mandy coming out saying, what's up, lads? And he's trying to practice his English. So that was something interesting to look out for. Good to see the relationship and the chemistry growing. And speaking of the relationship and chemistry, Tuchel has now broken his back three a few times with different players, mixing and matching them depending on the game. So Andreas Christensen, who has played mostly as a central center back in the three, slots over to the right. Any thoughts on that one? Yeah, it was it was interesting to see because I was wondering now what is going to happen with Aspie. Uh, but Tuchel said he wanted to play three out-and-out center backs uh, for the height purposes. You know, uh, West Ham have a lot of height and are very dangerous from set pieces, especially Thomas Suchek. Um, so I think he brings in Christensen and put, pushes Asfalaqueta out to the right wing back. And not a bad decision. I think you could see that even with the lack of pace that Aspie has, he was giving it his all and Christensen was there covering for him. Yeah, and I think it's good. I think we've touched on this many times. It's great to have our players be able to slot into different positions when we need something different tactically. I think that's where we probably lacked a little bit under Frank Lampard was we would stick to the same tactics or the same type of players in the same same role. And Rahul, I think you've even made fun of me when I talked about putting a square peg into a round hole with regards to Kai Havertz and Tuchel has seemed to make those work. So coming to the front three, I don't want to skip over Georgie and, and Conte really quickly. I think they've been brilliant as well. Jorginho, I'm not his biggest fan. Everybody knows that, but he continues to put in the performances lately and that's something he deserves credit for. But Coming to the front three with Mount Pulisic and Timo Werner, we're missing Alex today, but he would have been excited to see Christian Pulisic keeping fit and playing games at a high intensity. And I was excited too. I, I think we've, it's interesting, you know, how this works. We cry for a player to play a game and play a game and play a game, and he finally does. And then we start thinking about the other players that are not playing. <laughs> yeah, we, we're blessed with that much talent on the pitch. It's just amazing to see what we can do, especially with this formation and the three that we have up front. Tuchel has really, really got multiple choices here that he can play depending on the team. But let's talk about the man of the moment, Timo Werner. We seem to talk about him every week, whether he's playing or not playing. There's a lot of pressure on this young man, but he comes up with the goods this time. He certainly does, and uh, <laughs> we saw both sides of Timo Werner in the 90 minutes, but let's talk about the good side first. So he was playing as this sole striker, and I know him and Pulisic and Mount were rotating as as they do in Tuchel's system. Uh, and Timo Werner, to be honest, from what I saw, was struggling a little bit against Ogbonna and Diop, just physical defenders and uh, ones that were closing him pretty quick. But he didn't let that affect him. We've said this multiple times. He doesn't let these things get to him. Uh, and he slots in the first goal, which was a very good run from uh, Chilwell. 
and puts it in between the lines between West Ham's defenders and midfielders. And guess who's there? Timo yeah, Werner. It's, it's amazing to see, especially whenever he gets a goal. I know he works hard. We've always said that on this podcast is Timo Werner will keep running till his legs give out. And for one reason or the other, they never seem to give out. But it's always rewarding to see he gets on the end of something like that because I think that's the best way for him to continue to build his confidence. We're now in the crunch part of the season. We're in the semifinals of the Champions League. We're going to the finals of the FA Cup. I mean, it's getting to the point where we want our players to be in full fitness and in good form as well. Absolutely. And we see the rotation that Tuchel does. It's Havertz playing. It's Timo Werner in this case. Sometimes it's Giroud. Uh, so it's good to see the rotation. And my only concern here is with our midfield, which I've said a few times, I think we're a little bit light in those midfield options. Jorginho and Conte played 90 minutes again. Uh, and given that the game we've just previewed with Darius, those two are our main options for central midfielders. So that's my only concern. Yeah, as am I. And hopefully we see Kovacic come back to full fitness soon so we can continue to do the rotation. And maybe if we do better in the next couple of Premier League games, we might have a chance to break away into the top four. And then maybe Billy Gilmore gets an opportunity to get in there and give rest to some of our key starting players. Yeah, I agree. And just coming back to Timo real quick, I know people have been critical of him. People have been talking that he's a flop, but in the Premier League, 31 games, six goals, six assists, that's 12 goal involvements. Right in 31 games, which isn't bad for a guy that's still adjusting to the league, still figuring out how to play against these physical defenders, like I was mentioning. Um, and one that, you know, it has gone through a rough patch and still continues to give yeah, us. I mean, we've talked about this many times, Rahul, big transfer fee, change in country, change in league, change in style, change in managers halfway through the season. A lot of football for this young man to play. I think this is something similar we had seen with Oscar, early on in his Chelsea days, in his first few two or three seasons, he played nonstop game after game after game. And then you kind of saw him decline a little bit towards the end of his Chelsea career. Would we take him back? Yeah, absolutely. We would take him back. But it's one of those things where you play a player so much, they just need a break. So do we have to be critical of our players? Yes, we've said that many times. But I think let's give Timo Werner another full season before we make our final judgments on this kind of guy. I agree with you. And in fact, that's, that's kind of my feeling with Havertz too. Uh, who didn't feature in this game, and you kind of just expect him to be there in the Madrid game, but he is also coming uh, into life and coming into showing his talents and his potential. So I think that definitely will be uh, something to watch out for. But second half, we go into it, and this is where we see the the other side of Timo, where there's a shot from, I believe, Mason Mount. Fabianski spills it. And it falls to Timo, who himself was very alert to the situation. And it's, at that point, a tap-in or, or sitter, as they say. But he somehow puts it wide. Um, and so it's really like one step forward, but two steps back with right. it. And it's one of the things we've just talked about. There's not so much we can do at this point in time as far as be very harsh with Timo Werner. I think he continues to try, continues to try. Not so much more we can do at this point. I'm... Hopeful that that one goal just kept his head up and we continue moving forward towards the end of the season. Hopefully we can have some silverware, maybe the FA Cup, maybe the Champions League. I don't want to get too excited at this point in time. And then again, we regroup in the summer and see what Timo has to offer next season. Yeah, I agree. But there's one guy we've got to talk about. Actually, two guys. Let's start with Mason Mount. So again, we've seen what he brings to this squad. And I'll just run through some of his stats that we actually posted on our Instagram page. Uh, in this game against West Ham, he had the most touches, uh, 
most ball recoveries, most shots, most tackles, most shots on target, most chances created, most take-ons completed, and most blocks. So basically every stat that there is out there, Mason Mount took first place and is what you're telling me. Absolutely. And that, that just shows you the, the importance of him, but how he's grown into just a key player under Lampard first and now Tuchel. Yeah. And Rahul, I think we had said this early on the season when we started with just Jorginho and Kovacic, we were missing a little bit of energy and Mason Mount has really filled that void. And I think with Conte in there as well, you've got that engine or that work rate. Now, don't get me wrong. Jorginho has his moments and definitely Kovacic has his moments as well. But those two together, I think are making things happen. They're making moves happen. And you've got players running up and down in Werner and Pulisic. You need these guys to have the energy to find them or open up a space just to allow the ball to continue flowing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And the second guy I want to talk about is Chili B, who traditionally plays left back position, but since Tuchel's come in, uh, lost his spot to Marcus Alonso and has slowly worked his way back in. And I think now he is first choice. What do you think? I think so. I think I said that as well. He continues to impress game after game after game. And you know what? I love Marcus Alonso because I've said this in previous podcasts is whoever converted Alonso from a striker to a left back really ruined one of the world-class strikers for us. But given that Ben Chilwell is more of a traditional left back, I think defensively he's better than Alonso. And that's something that Tuchel really prides himself on is not conceding goals. But also I think on the pace, he's a lot faster going forward and recovering. And that's something that Tuchel's expecting of his players is to be energetic, close down, continue to close down. And he does it for 90 minutes nonstop. I think he's going to continue to flourish under the system and potentially we'll see him chipping in with more and more goals as well. Yeah, I agree with you. I was I was concerned for him at the beginning, but he's taken this position switch in his stride and he's showing you what he can do on both sides of the field. And I don't want to take away from what Rudiger offers on that left side to Chilwell. Uh, I think we've just seen a complete new person in Rudiger, and uh, I think that allows Ben Chilwell to do what he does on the attacking side. So uh, at the expense of kind of touching on every single player in the starting 11, um, who was your man of the match? I don't want to say I hate to say it because I think I need to say Mason Mount. I think he just brings so much energy to the team, but I think I'm going to go with Mason Mount. It's something where he does his job above and beyond expectations every week week in week out he does and like i said he's one of our key players and uh in for a shout for young player of the season and for chelsea player of the season so uh that just tells you everything you need to know for me i'm gonna go with ben chilwell provided the assist and was consistently good throughout the game was also involved in a brief incident with uh balbuena from west ham and so uh I'll run through this real quick, and then we can just talk about it for a few seconds. Uh, Balbuena is trying to clear the ball. He clears the ball up the field. Ben Chilwell is trying to get the ball off of him. Uh, As Balbuena clears it, he catches Ben Chilwell while his foot is coming down. And so in the era of VAR, that gets reviewed as serious foul play. And the referee goes to the screen, looks at it again, and gives him a red card. Um, Now, there's been a lot of opinions out there a lot of pundits fans saying that's not a red card and I personally agree that it's not a red card but in the era of VAR 
when you see someone get caught with their studs um, in the case of Chilwell and Chilwell goes down because he's caught, you've got to expect VAR to look at it and then take a decision. Now, is it the right decision? No. But what are your thoughts on it? I think you bring up VAR just to get me fired up on this podcast. You know my thoughts on VAR, but taking apart the fact that we are big Chelsea fans and I'm trying to be a neutral here. I think that things need to be looked at from a human perspective. If the person has no other way to land their foot, it's not malicious play. It's not something where he went out to go and injure Chilwell. Does it make us Chelsea fans frustrated or irritated that they could have injured Chilwell? Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, we need to be neutral as, as far as analysts go. We need to make sure it makes sense. And, and I don't think it was a red card. I think it's something that's unfortunate that VAR comes back after the fact and looks at it from different angles and it then plants a seed in the referee's mind and it, it, it hurts because then this player can go on and miss a couple of games. And as much as I don't want West Ham to win, cause we want to secure that fourth position, it does affect their chances because you've got a key player out now for the next few games. Yeah, you're right. And, and from what you're saying, it sounds like uh, VAR and referees almost have to see the intent and the context of a tackle uh, and this wasn't a tackle. This was a ball clearance, which ended up catching right. a player. Um, and he wasn't trying to hurt him. He wasn't trying to do anything malicious, like you were saying. So I think from that perspective, over the summer, VAR and referees have got to look at such incidents and say, uh, when it comes to things like these, we've got to think a little bit more than just what the the, the replays it's are showing. showing right, exactly. I agree with that. Yeah, so... That was an incident. I mean, it did it help? Yes. Uh, could we have scored a few more? Yes. And one such player that could have done so was Tammy Abraham, your favorite player who's made his comeback. Tammy Abraham still pulls on a Chelsea shirt. I've not heard that name in the starting 11 for a long, long time. Yes, sir. He's back and came on as a substitute late in that second half. Um, and actually, if you've not seen it on Instagram... Um, there was a Mason Mount put in a ball for Tammy. Tammy heads it over the bar. It was really a tap in. Uh, and then after the game, Tammy says, Mason Mount, by the way, I'm only six, five. So next time, maybe put the ball a little bit lower. <laughs> That's too funny. But do you know what I want to give credit to is Tuchel because he's made some tough calls given that Tammy Abraham is still currently our top goal scorer in all competitions. And Tammy Abraham himself does work his socks off. Like I said, I'm not his biggest fan because he does miss a lot of chances. But Tuchel set things correctly saying, hey, you're not in form. You went off an injury. My other boys are doing well. Sit it out. However, when there's an opportunity, meaning games are coming thick and fast and now I need to give somebody a rest, here's your opportunity. Go give it a try. Let's see what you can do. Meaning he doesn't completely freeze out anybody from the squad as long as they continue to perform and train well on the training ground. And that's the key point, Jackie. He even said it before the game. They asked him, Tammy's back. And he said, Boy's been performing well on the last two training sessions uh, and I have to reward him. So he's on the bench and he will get some minutes. So that's the credit to Tuchel, like you were saying. And um, he's picking the players in form and the players that perform on the training pitch, which is what all players have to do. Um, so that result put us three points clear in the top four race. We now sit in fourth position with 58 points. West Ham uh, in fifth position with 55 points. And Liverpool in sixth position with 54 points who were on their way to a victory. But until Joe Willick stepped up 
and ruined their day and ended the game in a 1-1 draw. So they sit in sixth position. And our favorite North London rivals, Tottenham Hotspur, sit in seventh with 53. And the last one here, we previewed this game, Everton versus Arsenal. We said if Everton want any hopes or any chances of making it into Europe, they need to win that game. And they did. So they sit with in eighth position, 52 points with a game in hand, Jackie. So if they win that, they could shoot up to sixth above Liverpool. Yeah, it's going to be a photo finish. I think we're saying this every week now, Rahul. But I want to quickly circle back to Chelsea. That three points that we've opened up on the top, especially given other results around us, is really something that's going to help us. We have to keep our pressure going, keep forward, and, and try and break away a little bit more. But this is the opportunity to really solidify that top four spot and and get out of it. But coming back to the others, it's anybody's game now. Anybody can go into the Europa League. And like you said, for Everton, they must be looking at this opportunity and probably licking their lips at, hey, we can actually make it into the UEFA League at this point. So I think it's going to be a fun couple of weeks ahead, especially towards the end of the season. And we'll see how they play out. Absolutely, we will. And uh, if you haven't already seen it, Spurs lost in the League Cup Carabao Cup final today. Man City with the late goal in the 81st minute from Laporte, uh, which means Man City have now won four consecutive Carabao Cups. What an achievement. I know a lot of people say it's a smaller cup or it's not as important. However, to me, silverware is silverware. And the fact that they have a squad that can continue to play on, on multiple competitions and a squad that goes into the deeper stages. It reminds me of Chelsea in the earlier days under Mourinho when we would go to the deeper stages of the league and, and FA Cup and Champions League. So it's going to be awesome to see. But on the flip side, again, Tottenham have lost an opportunity to take home, a good opportunity to take home silver when it comes on the back of, of letting Mourinho go as well. Yeah, and that was the baffling piece for me. I watched some of this final and they played so defensive. Um, and they, the camera kept turning to Ryan Mason, and you're thinking, well, it might as well have been Mourinho because they're playing like a Mourinho right. team. Uh, and so, no, I mean, no blame on Ryan Mason. He's just been put into this situation. But for Spurs, I mean, you saw the scenes at the end, Son crying, Harry Kane disappointed, and you've got to think that they're thinking about their future this summer, and it's going to be very interesting to see how it pans yeah, for out for sure. them. Absolutely. But that's kind of the uh, review from the Premier League weekend this week. Uh, it was a fun one. Like we said, we've pulled slightly ahead in the top four race. We have Fulham next weekend. So another opportunity before we go into uh, some of the tougher games, no disrespect to Fulham. Uh, so hopefully we can win that and maybe open up a bigger gap. But before that, we have Real Madrid. And we've previewed that with Darius. And we've done a small quiz um, so that was a fun episode, and it's been a good one. Jackie, any parting thoughts before we wrap it up? I know that you like to watch the game on your laptop, and we've been successful doing that. So I'm hopeful you continue to watch the game on your laptop. And again, I know it's going to be a tough one, but it's one of those where it's a big match. We've not been in, in the semifinals for a long time. I know we keep repeating ourselves here, but I can't contain my excitement, and I'll definitely tune in for this one. I will be watching on my laptop and you be better better be watching on your phone because that seems to be a good good combo. Um, but that wraps it up, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Please continue to subscribe, like, and follow us. It's at the Premier Chels on Apple Podcasts, 
uh, Spotify, Google, Instagram, and on Twitter, it's at Premier Chels. Uh, please follow Darius as well. It's at Project Goal on Instagram. Uh, and as always, please send us your feedback. And we will be back later this week to do a Real Madrid review and a Fulham preview. But until then, stay safe and up the chel.